Uh, Colby, obviously, I appreciate you taking the time doing this today. Obviously, uh, lots going on right now. Before I get to anything else, man, how are you during the quarantine? How's your family out in Oregon? I know it's kind of a crazy time right now. How are you guys doing? We're all good, man. We're all healthy. We're all safe. So, you know, thankful for that. What about you? How's your family? We're good. We're good. Luckily, I work from home anyway. So, like, my life doesn't change all that much, you know. So, it's actually not all that bad. But I know you're separated from your family, you know, living in Florida and they're out in Oregon. So, just want to make sure they're doing okay. So, it sounds like everyone's good. Absolutely, bro. Healthy and uh, trucking along. Just, you know, trying to trying to get better and, and just, you know, not 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 dwell on the situation too much and just you know stay positive yeah absolutely so colby of course the news got out there today you have officially moved on from american top team and i gotta be honest man i i was kind of shocked at this news because you've been such a a huge part of that team literally they recruited you out of college uh coming into wrestling and i just honestly thought you would never leave just because you had such deep ties with that team and the coaching staff kind of walk me through like what ultimately you know was uh you know what ultimately led to your decision to move on from there yeah, what what ultimately led to my decision to move on is is you know I wasn't going to have someone try and control me and and tell me what to do. You know, as Americans, we do have freedom of the speech and opinion. Is that right, Damon? Absolutely, we do. Exactly. So when someone tries to take away my freedoms, you know, as an American, and and everybody knows I'm America's son, and I fight for America, I fight for the troops. I'm not okay with that, you know. And it's and there's there's no hard feelings. It's not like a bad breakup and a bad relationship where I'm going to talk trash about them. I have nothing but nice things to say about American Top Team. Dan Lambert is one of the greatest guys I've ever met. He's like a second father to me. I mean, I still talk to him. He's my friend still, and he's still a mentor and. You know, I, I made some promises to him that I'm still going to make, you know, like bringing him Marty Fake Newsman's head. But, you know, it was time to move on, Damon, to be honest. I mean, it, he gave me an opportunity, you know, but I returned the favor as well, Damon. He, he got me out of college. You know, we, we went to the top of the sport together. We won a world title. And, you know, there's something that I did for him that no one could ever do for him, and that's take him to the White House, you know. And I know that's something that, that he holds very dearly because he respects and loves Trump a lot. So, you know, that was an amazing moment that I was able to kind of return what he did for me. He invested a lot of money and time into me and my training, and I could never, you know, stop being thankful for that and what he did for me. He gave me an opportunity right away out of college, and, you know, I ran with it. So, you know, it's not a bad – it's not nothing it, – it, this is the best thing that could ever happen. You know, the sun sets, the sun rises, and the – you know, to be honest, Damon, the best way to put it is the, the bird outgrew the nest. Yeah, obviously we knew about, you know, there was, there was some bad blood between you and some of the folks in the gym, but not everybody. I know you saw the piece I wrote on you before the fight with Usman. You know, so many of your teammates spoke well about you. Obviously, they said you were a great teammate and all the, you know, all the stuff outside the gym didn't bother them. But obviously, you did have beef with a couple people. Obviously, George Mazadal and Dustin Poirier are two at the top of the list. And I know Dan had kind of issued that, you know, no trash talking edict. And I know you love Dan Lambert, but seeing how that kind of played out, and obviously, George was still taking shots at you publicly and things like that. And there was a little bit of bad blood there with Yoan and things like that. Like, did any of that body, did any of that kind of lead to like just saying, hey, it's just time for me to move on and not really have to deal with this anymore? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Damon, to be honest, people saw what was going on. You know, it was no secret what was going on behind scenes and and what was transpiring, you know. And, and you know, a lot of people were sensitive, you know, mainly fucking uh, Doofus Dustin and Street Judas Masvidal. They have feelings, and they don't want to fight me in the cage. They'd rather go cry to Dan Lambert and beg him to protect their precious little feelings because they know if they fight me in the cage, they know what's going to happen. I'm going to tear them limb from limb. 
But, you know, the thing is, Dame, is I'm not in the feelings business. I'm in the money-making business, and I'm in the Colby Covington business. That's why, you know, this was the biggest thing is I'm in Colby Covington Incorporated now. I'm not, no, I'm not affiliated with a team. I'm my own team, you know, and I'm a big enough fighter, and, and I'm, a, I'm an experienced veteran in the game that, that knows how to win, and I'm a proven winner. So, you know, I know the formula that it takes, Dame, and I'm going to bring in good coaches, which I already have. I brought in some good coaches, some good training partners. And I'm training hard every single day. And I promise you, Damon, you haven't seen the best of me. I'm just getting started. My best is yet to come. And I'm going to show you something you've never seen before from me in my next fight. Obviously, American Top Team is an incredible place. I've been there. Dan Lambert, one of the best people in the sport. Uh, so this is not a dig on them whatsoever because that is a phenomenal gym, a phenomenal team. But where you're at in your career in terms of financial stability, obviously you made a lot of money over your, your last few fights, uh, sponsorships, endorsements, things like that. One big difference with MMA and boxing is when a boxer has a big fight coming up, let's say Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, whoever it is, they kind of tailor their training camp just around them. It's just about them. They bring in sparring partners for them. They bring in coaches for them. And it's really kind of like an individual kind of selfish thing. Now, we don't do that as much in MMA, and that's a big difference. Do you feel like that's one thing you can actually benefit from? Because now you can kind of pick and choose who you work with and, and kind of tailor your training a little bit more selfishly in a, in a way. You know, you couldn't have put it better than that right there, you know. And, and that was the biggest thing, you know, is I can't keep worrying about someone else because I need to worry about myself, Damon. And this is not a team business. We, when I get into that octagon, Damon, it's just me and the other opponent, you know, by myself. That's it. There is no team. So, you know, all this little team stuff and, and oh, we're teammates and this and that, that, that's all out the window. This is this is an individual business. These are independent contractors in the show business, entertainment, you know, sports. So, you know, I, I it only made sense for me to, to form my own team and bring my own coaches and just tailor all my training camps specific to my one fight and this and that. You know, I, I was still going into in ATT and, and helping out the amateurs, helping out the low-level fighters, just giving knowledge back, doing this and that. You know, and these are things that people are never going to talk about because, you know, I'm such, a, I'm such a hated man that they'd rather just bring up all the negative or bring up the fact that I support Trump and that just all of a sudden makes me a racist and, and, and a cancer. So... You know, it's all fake news out there, and don't believe anything you hear, you know, and only believe about 20% of what you see. Yeah. Now that the, uh, you know, now that the, uh, the chains are off, so to speak, and you are free to speak your mind, what are, what is your opinion on a guy like George Madison or Dustin Poirier? Because I know you, you'd actually issued an apology to Dustin, and I know that that kind of played back into all the things that were going on behind the scenes, and I'm not going to ask you to reveal what really happened, because I know there's some confidences you have here with Dan Lambert and those guys, but now that it's all said and done, now that you're not beholden to that any longer, what is your opinion of, of George and Dustin specifically? Because I think those were kind of the two guys you had the most public clashes with out of the team outside of outside of Woodley, but obviously Woodley didn't really train at the main academy. And then I'll, I'll, the best way I can put it is Joanna Jordacek is a cunt. Dustin Doofus Poirier is a bitch, and Jorge Street Judas Mosfidal is a pussy. And Jorge running all these narratives to the to the news. Oh, he's my teammate. I can't find him. Guess what, Damon? I'm not your teammate no more. I'm not your roommate. But I'm still your fucking daddy, bitch. So what's your excuse now, George? I'm ranked higher. I got a better record. I'm more relevant. Why won't you fight me now? Want to know why he won't fight me, Damon? Because I'm still his fucking daddy. And I give him spanking. <laughs> you, uh, you, you obviously have, you know, since the fight with Usman, I know that that is the rematch you want. But if that doesn't happen for whatever reason, is the Masvidal, is that the fight now that you'd like to have most out of anything that's out there? 
Yeah, I think it's the most juiciest. You know, no, I still want the Marty Fake Newsman fight the most just because I want my redemption and my revenge on a level playing field, a fair playing field, not not one where a ref helping him and I'm fighting against two guys in one night. You know, let's. I want a fair playing field and the world's going to find out, you know, who's the best fighter in the world. That's me right now. But there's just something so intriguing about this fight with Journeyman Street, Judas Masvidal. I mean, he's been running this big game. Like, he's so fucking tough. He's Miami's gangster. Guess what, bitch? I run Miami. I'm the king of, of Miami. I run 305, so we could do it. I'm Mr. Worldwide. We could do it in Miami every, any single day. I, I promise you, Damon, this ain't just talk. If I see that guy in the streets, he's getting slapped the fuck up and dropped on his head. And he knows that. Deep down inside, he knows he can't stop me. So... All the bullshit narrative that, that Jorge Masvidal and Dustin Dufus Poirier have had in the, in, the, in the media before. Oh, Kobe's my teammate. I can't find him. They can't say, hey, guess what, bitch? You ain't got none to say. Direct your complaints at me. All you little fucking snowflakes directing your feelings at Dan Lambert, a multimillionaire businessman. Dude, you're fucking grown-ass adult professional cage fighters, and your precious little feelings are hurt, and you're going crying to fucking Dan Lambert. Guess what, bitch? I'm the head of the complaint department, not Dan Lambert. And guess what? I don't give a fuck about your feelings or your complaints. Come see me in the octagon, but you ain't going to do that because you're fucking scared. And you mentioned you're the king of Miami. You're staying in Florida. You're not going anywhere else for your training camp. You're going to build your camp in Florida. Uh, you know, I'm just going to take it day by day. You know, the, the sun rises, the sun sets, you know, and, and it's, it's a day by day process. You know, I'm going to definitely bring, bring people out here to Florida for the, for the time being. You know, I'm not trying to move my life uh, too drastically like this soon. You know, I, I have some business out here. You know, I have some real estate that I own. So I'm not looking to, to just completely move my life across the country or world right away. You know, I I have enough money and, and support and backing that, you know, I'd like to bring in good training partners, bring in good coaches, and just, you know, just tailor my training camps around fight-specific uh, uh, preparation. Now, I'm not going to ask you to name names, although if you want to name names, feel free. But can I imagine as soon as this news got out there, you probably got calls from other teams, other coaches wanting to work with you, because I know that's how this sport works. People like working with high-level athletes, and I don't care about, you know, what you say publicly or, you know, whatever you support, whatever it is. You are obviously, you know, one of the best fighters in the sport. Did you get those calls today or, or previously when people started getting the word that you weren't at ATT anymore? That's so funny you say that because my, my uncle Chael Sonnen just called me right now and, and he just left me a text. Hey, man, why don't you let me know? You know, I'd like to help you out. So, you know, I, dude, I got so many good connections in the MMA world. You know, all the I get such a bad rap through the press and everybody wants to say, you know, oh, Kobe's not welcome anywhere, this and that. You know, yeah, I've said some things about a lot of fighters in my weight division that occupy a lot of the gyms around the world. But, you know, that doesn't stop you know, a gym from wanting a winner in there. You know, I bring something, a, a new element and aspect to a, a team that, that they would never get otherwise. You know, I'm already a proven world champion fighter and, and I'm going to be fighting for a world title and defending and getting an, another world title very soon again. So, you know, I think any team would, it, you know, I can bring a lot of good things to any teams, but, you know, I don't want to be a part of a team. That's the biggest thing is I, I am my own team. I'm Colby Chaos Covington Incorporated team, and that's all that matters, man. I'm not looking to help other teams anymore. I've already done that, man. You know, what's different about the ATT stuff is I started there. No one else started there. Dustin started in Louisiana. Jorge started in Miami at FFA. Joanna started in Poland. They all started. I was a homegrown talent in American Top Team with Dan Lambert from the very start, and I was planning on, on finishing that. That was always my goal, you know, my promise to him, but – you know, things got a little bit too tough for him to handle. And at the end of the day, as a good friend of Dan Lambert, I don't want to put him in that position anymore and make him still have to, to, to deal with the drama every day. You know, he's a grown man. He's a, he's a millionaire. He deserves 
to enjoy the rest of his life, not have a bunch of grown-ass fighter adults uh, crying to him on the regular. Yeah. As I said earlier, I thought you'd be at ATT forever, no matter what happened. Now that you're not, it's kind of a weird thing. Like, are you angry that it ended that way to get to leave, or do you feel like in the long run this is just going to be better for you? Yeah, to be honest, you know, I, I feel like this was the best thing to ever happen. You know, this is a blessing in disguise to me. You know, uh, one door closes, but another opens, you know, and, and these things happen. You just have to go with it. You can't resist the change and, and you can't be negative about it and have doubts. You know, you just, you know, it's the best thing to ever happen. I feel like, honestly, like so much positivity in my life now and just, just a big weight has been lifted off my shoulders, Damon, because, you know, the last six months, you know, I'm going into ATT every time Dustin or George are in there, they're screaming across the thing. Like, I'm like, let's go. You want to fight? Let's fight right now. Stop talking this shit, trying to create drama in the gym so they have to make a decision like this or have to do a drastic action. But no, they just want to scream in front of coaches and, and disrupt all the pro fighters training because they don't respect Dan and they don't respect ATT. It's, it's pathetic, man. Like, they get, they get such a good rap in the media. Like, these are just such good guys. But no one knows these people off the cameras. On the cameras, they play good guys, but off the camera, George and Dustin are pieces of shit and the lowest scum of the earth. You know, Dustin started a charity for a tax write-off, and he wants to claim like he's such a good guy. How are you a good guy for starting a charity for a tax write-off, you fraud, you piece of shit? And George, same shit. You know, you're out here fucking uh, talking about how, oh, I, I, I'm the Dining Dash King. I, I run out on these single mothers from Denny's who are trying to put food on the table for their for their single parent family, you know, and he's claiming to be the king of that. And this is the guy's the biggest, lowest denominator of scum in the entire world. And I pray to God, Damon, I pray to God they let me fucking get locked up in a cage with him because he knows what's going to happen. I will break his face, I will rip him limb from limb, and he will never be the same person ever again. I promise you that, Damon. He will need a psychiatrist after I'm done with him. Let me ask this, Colby, while I got you on the phone to move past the ATT stuff. We're in kind of a weird time in the welterweight division where it looked like for the longest time we were going to see Usman and Masvidal. Now Dana has suddenly said, you know, I, maybe there's something else interesting out there. Now Matt, now Usman's talking about Connor. Obviously, you said you would love to fight Masvidal. You would welcome that. Obviously, you want that rematch with Usman. We got Woodley fighting Burns this weekend. Like, kind of give me the lay of the land. What is going on in the welterweight division right now? Yeah, you know, the thing was, we can't even mention Woodley anymore. I mean, to be honest, UFC is over him. Everybody else is over him. He, he's got to go out there and prove himself. He hasn't won a round or a fight in, like, what, two years? So he's irrelevant. You know, the UFC is only interested in Woodley fighting a, a guy named Leon Scott or a guy named Dilbert. So nobody knows who they are. They know he doesn't got it in him anymore, and they don't believe in Woodley. So, you know, he, he knew... He knew what was coming with me, and that's why he avoided the fight with me. So, you know, I'm over that business. That's, that's been, that ship is, has sailed. You know, he's a 38-year-old virgin, and, you know, he, he's washed up. So I, I want to fight the best guys in the world. And, you know, that, that just so happens to be supposedly Marty Fake Newsman and this guy named uh, Street Judas. So everybody knows Street Judas is a joke, man. I mean, he's got, like, what, 14 losses? You know, if, if, if Street Judas Mosvidal won his next 20 fights, Damon, he still wouldn't have – a better winning percentage of me in, in fighting. So that just shows you how, how much of a jobber he is and how much of a joke he is. And he's a 50-50 fighter. He got lucky. So I'm ready to fight him. I'm ready to fight Marty Fake Newsman the same night. I would love to run that in the same night. You know, I got, I got energy for day. I don't get tired. After that last fight with Marty Fake Newsman, there's a reason I sprinted out of the arena because I still had five rounds in me. I was still pissed off that I didn't exert all the energy that I could have exerted. So, you know, you're going to see the best of me coming back this next fight. Now I got a, a fire that's, 
lit so deep in me, Damon, I can't fucking sleep at night. I wake up and go train. I run and train. All I do is sleep, eat, and, and breathe fighting now. I want my world title, and I want to end Marty Fake Newsman and Street Judas's life. What do you make of Usman calling out Conor McGregor? I make the, you know, he's a coward. Why are you calling out a lightweight? Why are you calling out, you know, Conor McGregor? The guy was a featherweight. The guy's, the guy's con man McGregor. What, dude, first off, con man McGregor's not going to fight you, Usman, because Usman, one, you're not a draw, and two, you don't sell. So no one gives a shit about you. You got no charisma. You have the personality of a mop. So that fight's never going to happen. He's just hyping up, trying, looking for anything else to avoid me because he knows, we're going to rematch, and he knows that's the toughest fight he's going to get, and, and, and we're very evenly matched. But when there's not a ref to help save him and give him fake timeouts and not call the fake foul calls when he's hit me in the back of the head, it's going to be a completely different story. He knows that, so he's looking for these easier fights. There's one thing that I learned about Marty Fake Newsman, because you know, I wobbled him multiple times in December. Multiple times had him wobbled and almost finished. You know, and I thought I, I took away all his brain cells, Damon, but I found out, you know what? He still has some brain cells. Because he's looking for these easier fights with lightweights and George Masvidal and Conor McGregor. So now with that being said, Colby, when we talked previously, you mentioned obviously you wanted the rematch with Usman and you were, you know, going to be ready to go sooner rather than later. Now we're kind of in a weird time right now with the whole pandemic and we're kind of getting the schedule moving again. Uh, what is your timeline? Because obviously now you're putting your new team together, your new coaches, you know, all those people are going to be working around you. Like, when do you want to fight? How soon do you want to fight again? I was begging to let the UFC let me save America. Let me save the sports world. Let me go out and retire Soy Boy Woodley on five days' notice. And I offered those services, and they knew I was ready. We were negotiating. We were very close to, to coming to terms monetarily-wise. So I've been ready, Damon, since December. Man, people don't realize I keep myself on the down low. I'm not out there on Instagram or Twitter. Hey, guys, I'm in the fucking gym today. I'm training. <laughs> Look at me. I'm getting better. No, I do my business behind closed doors. I'm getting better every single day. You haven't seen the best of me yet. I'm motivated, I'm inspired, and I've never been hungrier. So I'm ready to go whenever. We can fight this weekend. If Dilbert gets hurt, your boy's going to be stepping up to save the day and finish off Tyquan Woodley. Otherwise, I want my rematch ASAP. Next month, two months, whatever. Whatever it takes for them to get ready. I don't got to get ready because I stay ready. Yeah, and I know you've got, I know you mentioned, you know, you got a great relationship with your, your team over at Balangy, and I know you've mentioned that, you know, things have kind of calmed down. You and Dana, are, you know, I, I, I assume you and Dana are, are on okay terms now, and I know Dana had mentioned not that long ago, he said, you know, when somebody asked about the Masvidal side of fight, he actually mentioned, you know, the Colby rematch is out there. Do you feel like that's the fight they want to make? The UFC wants that fight. I think that that's the fight to make. If you look at the numbers in it, you know, like, Everybody wants to see this, Damon. This is a real feud now. This, dude, we were best friends. We lived together. Man, we, we were trained together for nine years. Best friends never left each other's side. And then he backstabbed me, he backstabbed me Damon, after I won the interim title in, in June and just completely destroyed our relationship because of money and fame. Like, the guy's a fucking sellout, dude. He sold his soul for money. You can see it every time he talks, dude. The guy's a complete fraud. So, you know, Jorge's a sleaze... A sleazeball Scarface wannabe. He can't read, he can't write, he can't spell, and he definitely can't fight. So there's a lot of things Jorge can't do, but you know what he can do good? He can, be, he can do a real good job of being a piece of shit, Damon. 
Well, Colby, I tell you what, you know, I, I know a lot of people, you know, will say what they want to say, but at the end of the day, I think we're all excited to see you back in there. And, uh, you know, I, I know that, you know, obviously leaving HET, I'm sure was tough, especially knowing your relationship with Dan Lambert. I know you are very close with him and I know that that relationship maintained, but obviously it sounds like you're, you're in a better place. Honestly, it sounds like you're ready to kind of build team Colby. No more team, anybody else. Now it's just team Colby. Yep, that's right. This is the best thing to ever happen to me, man. It's, it really is a blessing in disguise, and I'm super thankful for it. I'm thankful for the opportunity that I had with Dan. I'm thankful that I fulfilled my debts to Dan with how much I respect him. You know, he took he took me to the top of the sport. We did great things together. I took him to the White House. You know, so you know it was a give and take relationship. It wasn't a one way street in that relationship. It was a two way street. We had a great relationship, and we will continue to have a great relationship. I promised him that I would bring in Marty Fake Newsman's head, and he promised me that he'd be front row my, when I fight Marty Fake Newsman. So, you know, because obviously he knows George isn't going to fight Marty, and, and if he does, deep down he knows that George has no chance against Marty. So, you know, I'm his only hope to, to beat Marty, and, and he knows I'm going to do that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been great. I'm thankful for it. There's no ill will, no ill feelings. It's just, it's just nothing but love, one love, and, and, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep doing what I do, baby. Colby Chaos Covington Incorporated. Now we're turning it up to 100, Damon. You ain't seen nothing yet. I promise you. They were holding me back before. Now nobody can hold me back. I'm my own boss. No one tells me what to do. I love it. I love it. Uh, let, let me, the last thing I'll close out on this. I know you talked about the possibility of going to WWE. Maybe at that, you don't need help on the microphone, but if you go to WWE, you got to bring in Dan Lambert, man. I, I'm still shocked that guy doesn't have a job in WWE. That guy's so good on the mic. Maybe that's how you guys team back up down the road in WWE. You never know, man. That might, that might be the next thing. I mean, Dan Lambert, everybody knows that guy's a one take wonder. He's one of the, the best guys I've ever seen with words and how to spin words and manipulate words. And his promo skills are second to none. I mean, he was up there, you know, we were in the back and, you know, he was going back and forth to Jim Cornette, you know, when we were doing our impact, uh, impact angle with TNA. So, you know, it, that could be the, the way, you know, I, I'm definitely interested in uh, forming an angle and doing some things over there in WWE. I've had some talks with, uh, with Bobby Lashley, you know, and I got my relationship with Kurt Angle, so I want to keep uh, just growing that. And and uh, obviously, you know, we got Drew McIntyre, the WWE champ. He's out there calling me. He's calling me out saying he wants to fight in a bar. He wants to do an unsanctioned fight. So let's do it, man. He's acting like he's seven feet tall and he's a god. He sucks, Damon. Come on. You think he can really handle the people's champion? Yeah, I, I kind of had a chuckle at that, and I, I don't have anything against Drew McIntyre, obviously, but uh, but uh, <laughs> calling out a, calling out one of the best UFC fighters in the world is probably not the smartest idea on his part. If he's actually serious, I don't know. Do you think he's serious? Do you think it's just all about the uh, all about the uh, promotion? I think he's just all about the promotion. He's just trying to trying to trying to just spice things up and and, and get people excited and make them think that you know he's one of the great fighters in the world, but. <laughs> He's running into America's champ and America's son, Colby Chaos Covington, and he doesn't want he doesn't want to do that. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna send him back to to Scotland crying to his mommy. <laughs> well, Colby, it is always a pleasure, my man. You know, I appreciate the time. I'm glad to hear you and the family are doing well during the quarantine. Glad everything worked out with you getting your new uh, your new team and new coaching staff and everything put together. And you know, I always appreciate the time. Hopefully, next time we're talking is when a fight is booked and we can talk about whoever it is you're going to beat up next. I look forward to it, Damon. Good talking to you. All right. And don't forget, you ain't black unless you vote Biden. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Later, buddy. Bye.